This episode of Industry Focus is brought to you by TD Ameritrade. Whether you want to place a trade on Twitter or get market news from your smart speaker, TD Ameritrade has everything you need to invest on your favorite platforms and devices. See what's new at tdameritrade.com innovation. Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. It's Friday, September 7th, and we're talking semiconductors. I'm your host, Dylan Lewis, and I'm joined in the studio by the Motley Fool's investing intern, Troy Springer. How's it going, Dylan? Good to be back. Yeah, Troy, you did such a knock-up job last time. I had to have you, you back on. Yeah. And today is tragically your last day at Fool HQ. It is, I know. Yeah, it's 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 sad to see. It's, I don't know. I have like a lot of stuff to clean up at my desk today. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, when new people start, they put quite a bit out right. on the desk, right? Yeah. So, what was there waiting for you when you joined the Fool? What was uh, so they gave me a little questionnaire about things that I liked like coming in, um, and I think I said like my guilty pleasure was like Taco Bell. So they had, I had like a bottle of like Taco Bell like seasoning like sauce or something on my desk, and which, then, like, which is hilarious. Hilarious because for the rest of the time you're here, you're like you're the Taco Bell guy, right? Like, yeah, that's the association that everyone has with you yeah. at the office, right? I'll gladly be the Taco Bell guy. <laughs> <laughs> Any particularly fond memories of? Uh, well, you spent about three months here, right, at HQ? Yeah, I spent a decent amount of time. Um, fondest memory. I don't know. I mean, doing the podcast is probably got to be up there. Oh, that um, warms my heart. Yeah, and just like I mean, hearing everybody's voices that like you you've heard like on the podcast for years is, is like cool. Yeah, probably pretty fun to hang out with David Gardner too. Yeah. Oh, I did get to drive his Tesla. What? So I haven't driven that, his Tesla that, yet. That thing's like a rocket ship. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say that's pretty high up there in uh, in uh, intern highlights. Right oh yeah, there. yeah. Um, so I'm bringing you on today to talk about the semiconductor industry, and this is a space that. We've touched on a little bit on the show before, but I don't think we've done the primer episode on this space. So, to kick things off, for folks that are not familiar, uh, what is a semiconductor and what does this industry look like? Right. So, a semiconductor, I mean, the reason I wanted to talk about this is I feel like people don't even know what a semiconductor is. And um, so, basically, the idea is you have conductors, which are things like metal or copper or aluminum, and you have Insulators, which are things like wood or rubber, and then you have a semiconductor, which is kind of in the middle. And kind of what it does is it, when electricity flows 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 through the semiconductor, different parts of the semiconductor are less conductive or more conductive. Which kind of, if you add a whole bunch of these things together, somehow they turn into something that can actually process information. So that's why it's called a semiconductor. And these are the devices and the chips that really power many of the consumer electronics devices that we have in our pocket, on right. our wrist, everything. Everything. They're 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 they could be in your electric toothbrush, you know. <laughs> and 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 it's kind of impossible to talk about semiconductors without also briefly mentioning Moore's law, which is is kind of a big element of the chip space. Right. So Moore's law is was actually created by one of uh, Intel's um, founding um, fathers. I mean, what Moore's law is? It's the um, it's the idea that every two years the number of transistors in a chip doubles, um, which kind of leads to this exponential growth of processing power. But also puts a lot of burden on these uh, semiconductor chip makers um, to actually deliver on Moore's law. Um, yeah, it's like once you set the expectation that growth is going to look like yeah. a certain thing and innovation is going to be a certain way, right? Uh, heat is on, um, and and that also leads to this arms race, I think, in the semiconductor space, where you have companies continuing to try to put out the most powerful, most useful chips, um, and that leads to a lot of R and D spend. For these it companies. does. It does. And so the thing about the R and D spend, it kind of makes this a very cyclical business. Like when business is good, 
Um, you know, businesses are upgrading their computers. The computers are actually getting faster every two years, and there's a need to do that. Um, the companies can be very, very, very profitable. But there's a lot of fixed costs that goes into the production of these semiconductors and the production of all the research and development that goes into it. Which means when business is good, they're very, very profitable. When business is bad because of the high fixed cost, that can impact their business a lot. So it's one of the main things to think about when in investing in semiconductors. Like recently, we've seen Nvidia and AMD just have Incredible years, um, but it is a cyclical business. So if you see, wow, this stock is it's killing it. It's not. It doesn't have quite that competitive advantage to to kill it every single year as maybe like a more upstream company like a Apple would. Yeah, uh, because at the end of the day, the people that are making whatever these consumer electronics devices are are going to move to whatever the most powerful chips out there are. Yes. Right? Um, and one of the reasons why this space has been so hot recently, and I think such a focus, a lot of the stocks here have done very well, is a lot of the major tech trends play on increased computing power. Yeah. And, and so, you have artificial intelligence, which requires a lot of processing. Right. You have uh, driverless cars and the automation that's happening there. All of those things require chips that can handle a ton of power and and can it can make a lot of things happen for devices. Definitely. And that's that's the biggest reason why we've seen Nvidia go from a company that was founded in the 90s and was basically just a market performer from the time that it was founded in the 90s um, until 2016 where it's it's gone up you know, almost a thousand. It's almost been an eleven bagger, which is which has been ridiculous. Um, but that just goes to show you that the technology trends towards the GPU, which is what Nvidia specializes in, um, totally shifted in their favor, even after this long period of kind of regular performance. And for the unacquainted, what is a GPU? Okay, so a GPU versus CPU. So the original uses of GPUs were for gaming on your computer, and that's where Nvidia buttered their bread. They were seen as a gaming company where if you're a hardcore gamer, you'd need to buy their chips and their computers for to run the game. Um, a CPU is a little bit different, and the CPU is more of a linear thinker. So think of it, the CPU does can do like three or four things really, really well, really, really fast. A GPU can do a lot of things, but it doesn't have as much processing power per thing it's it's doing so it, it's more of a multitasker. But as GPUs have become more and more powerful, they're able to take a whole bunch of scattered information and kind of make sense of it better than a CPU does because a CPU is more of a linear thinker. Okay, so GPU is the jack of all trades. The CPU is the specialist in this yeah, case. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, we are going to do a rundown of some of the companies in the space. You mentioned Nvidia. We're definitely going to be talking about them on the second half of the show, as well as a couple other companies. Before we get over to that discussion, though, this episode of Industry Focus is brought to you by TD Ameritrade. You're always on the cutting edge of technology, and TD Ameritrade prides itself on being ahead of the curve, too. Their latest innovations put their resources and services on the popular platforms you carry and use every day. Now, all you have to do is enable the TD Ameritrade skill for Amazon Alexa or message them on Facebook to stay on top of the markets. Learn more about their commitment to innovation at tdameritrade.com innovation. All right, Troy, why don't we kick this off with NVIDIA, because we briefly mentioned them on the first half of the show. And to your point, I think in the semiconductor space, this has been one of the biggest names because the stock returns have been so good for this company over the last couple of years. Right. Um, so, NVIDIA, as I talked about before, was just known as a video gaming company until recently when we started talking about 
uh, AI and self-driving cars, and kind of how the AI and self-driving cars lends itself to, to the GPUs is because if you're, say, if you have a whole bunch of random scattered information and you want some sort of intelligence to come in there and make and find patterns in this random assortment of information, that lends itself more to a GPU than a CPU. Same thing for a self-driving car. If you're driving your car and there's all this, your car has to pick up on all this information on the road it sees. It's some of it's random, some of it's not random, and they have to come up with a, like a pattern to you know find the signal from the noise in that, which lends itself more to the GPU again. And uh, NVIDIA's, they have a very, very strong brand and loyal fan base with the gaming um, side of the business. And the gaming side of the business, make no bones about it, is still the bellwether of the business. That would, that's what drives top-line growth. So, a lot of this, um, uh, the growth that we've seen in the past years in the stock price has been a little bit speculative um, based on the AI and um, self-driving cars. Um, but, I mean, NVIDIA is the clear leader. They have the unquestioned best GPUs in the world, which I think sets them up in a pretty good position. Yeah, I think the story with this stock was they were putting out a best-in-class chip to begin with. Yes. And then the industry tailwinds came in and said, hey, we need to be able to do this. Right. We're going to turn to you guys because you're the best. Right. And be they've become really the de facto chip for anyone that's operating in the AI yep. or driverless car space. Yep. I have an NVIDIA chip in my uh, computer, and uh, I'm proud of that. <laughs> Are you a gamer? Uh, I, I'm Not too much. I, I'm more just... I honestly just was like, well, I'll get this computer. Oh, this one has an NVIDIA chip. Ooh, that's that's <laughs> nice. You know, NVIDIA. Like, yeah, it's yeah. a stamp of approval that you right. needed. Yeah. Um, all right. Why don't we switch over to another semiconductor company uh, that has also put up some pretty good returns as of late, and that's AMD. AMD. So AMD is the best performing stock on the market this year, and AMD has usually they've played kind of second fiddle to to Intel throughout their their career. Um, and AMD specializes more uh, in the CPUs, but where AMD has differentiated themselves from Intel a little bit is they've added more graphics processing power to their their CPU. So they've made a little bit more of a, a hybrid CPU with some GPU um, ability, which as of recently, has uh, led them to find a little bit more success in some areas than in Intel. Um, for example, AMD's differentiated themselves by, you know, those are the chips that actually power your PlayStation 4, and then they're the chips that power your Xbox One. Um, but like AMD, because of the cyclicality of the of this business, and because AMD has usually been like the second fiddle, and it's like it has these periods of not profitable to super profitable to not profitable. This is a stock that, for its entirety, tends to go up and down a lot throughout its whole its whole year. Kind of there's there's, there's usually like a hype train where wow, like maybe like AMD is going to make some inroads on Intel, and the stock gets traded up. And they're like, ah, oh, that's not not actually happening. And then the stock goes back down, and then it just kind of. Goes from there. Yeah, and and the reason for that dynamic is, you know, Intel is kind of colloquially known as Chipzilla yeah, in this space. They are they are a massive company, right. uh, you know, in comparison to AMD and, and to Nvidia, yeah. and um, they have been this industry stalwart for such a long time. Right. And the the biggest differentiating between AMD and Intel is that one, Intel can just spend more money than AMD because AMD is a twenty eight billion dollar company and Intel is a two hundred billion dollar company, um, but. Intel is also more vertically integrated, meaning they actually own more of their manufacturing processes. So have they have built-in cost advantages over AMD. So if AMD comes out with a chip that might be better than Intel's, Intel can just kind of compete on price until they find something in, in their in their um, house over there to compete back with Intel. Yeah, that's the perks of being big: is you can either you know enjoy larger margins because you have those fixed costs that you've right. laid out, 
or you can decide to compete on price and be a little bit more competitive. Right. And and one thing I'd say about that is technology has never been a huge source of um, competitive advantage. It's usually the cost advantages and brand that's a competitive advantage. Because sometimes you may be, you know, you spend money on research and development, and it's kind of a gamble. Like sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes one company will come out with something that's that's a game changer, and that's something that's really hard to predict. But when somebody comes out with something that's a game changer, every other company is pouring in to try to figure out how to catch up. Um, so it's usually not been sustainable. Where things like cost advantages, things like brands scale usually are. Uh, I know I said we were only going to talk about a couple on this back half of the show, but you want to briefly touch on Micron Technology, too, because that's an, it's another company that is kind of in this space. Yeah. Um, and they haven't come up yet, but I think it's worth mentioning that. Right. So, AMD and Micron, I mean, part of the reason why I want to do this show is because you just see so many people talk about AMD and Micron Technology because they, are, they have the potential to go up and also go down a lot. <laughs> so, uh, Micron Technology, they specialize more in the uh, storage um, part of uh, uh, of computers, they actually make the solid-state drives, um, and they're, they're the leader in a process called dynamic random access memory, um, which or is DRAM. DRAM, yes, exactly. <laughs> which is supposed to be able to render memory faster and make your your when you're looking for when you're just using scrolling through your computer and want to open a file, it'll come you know a split second faster than the rest. Yeah. <laughs> And it's hard to very eloquently state all of this stuff. I appreciate oh, yeah. you kind oh, yeah. of going through the motions here and making it happen. Of the companies that we've touched on today, is there one that you're particularly interested in? I think you know the story with AMD and NVIDIA is high-growth stocks that have put up stellar returns over the last couple of years for investors. Story is a little different for Intel, you know, because it is a dramatically larger company. It is. It's a company that pays a dividend, I believe. Yes. And so, the growth profile looks a little different for this business, um, and that's important to keep in mind as you're looking at these companies. Is there one that you particularly like out of them? Right. So I'll say I don't own any of these companies, um, but if I, I've been thinking, looking long and hard at Intel. Um, so Intel, it's a bigger company. It's also trading at a huge discount to these other companies. So Intel currently trades at a forward price to earnings of about 10 times earnings, which sounds very, very <laughs> cheap for a technology company. Especially given how frothy the market has been. Right. And you have companies like NVIDIA, who trade at 40 times earnings. And after this recent run-up for AMD, trading at 90 times earnings, um, I think I think that makes Intel look pretty uh, attractive. Um, and Intel, I mean, throughout their history, they've had periods where they were Kind of considered the the boring company, and like the company that you know wasn't innovating. Just kind of everyone knows about boring Intel. I'd rather have AMD, this new chip that came out. Um, but they have a really great management team, a really great process. I think the vertical integration and in an expensive market. You know, I kind of like the value of, of Intel right now versus a lot of these these high flyers. And it's important to note, looking at these companies, the the profiles are different, and and I think the expectations are a little different, right? Yes, they you are. know, if you are looking for a, I'd say like low risk exposure to this market, Intel might be the way to go. Right. Uh, if you are willing to take on a little bit more risk and and understand that you're going to be buying some high flying companies that have a lot of expectations built into their current stock prices, uh, that's where AMD and Nvidia currently live. Yep. Exactly. Man, Troy, I wish you were here a little bit longer. I'd love to have you on the show a couple more times. <laughs> if you wind up making a trip back to HQ sometime in the next couple months, maybe we'll make some yeah, happen. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you know. Yeah, it was, it's a blast. Thank you for inviting me on, Dylan. Happy to have you. Listeners, that does it for this episode of Industry Focus. If you have any questions or if you just want to reach out and say, hey, you can shoot us an email at industryfocus at fool.com or you can tweet us at MF Industry Focus. If you want more of our stuff, subscribe on iTunes or check out the Fool's Family Shows over at fool.com slash podcasts. As always, people on the program may own companies discussed on the show, 
and The Motley Fool may have four more recommendations for or against stocks mentioned. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear. Thanks to Austin Morgan for all his work behind the glass. For Troy Springer, I'm Dylan Lewis. Thanks for listening and Fool on. Thank you.